I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense. And as always, we want you to participate and help us elevate that conversation. Send your thoughts on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. So uh, launching off the day today, uh, it's a historic day. President Trump is presiding over the Arab-Israel-Abraham Accord uh, that is currently going on live at the White House. Uh, in fact, let's step into that real quickly. We've got uh, Benjamin Netanyahu from Israel is currently speaking uh, from the White House. Was unrelieved until their dying day. And over the years, when I've come to console the families of Israel's fallen soldiers, and victims of terror, I have seen that same grief countless times. And this is why I am so deeply moved to be here today. For those who bear the wounds of war, cherish the blessings of peace. All right, again, that's uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Prime Minister of Israel. Uh, you have Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain uh, signing a historic peace accord at the White House today. And, uh, of course, there's a, a lot that goes on behind the scenes in those kinds of negotiations. This is a significant uh, peace. does not solve the, the Middle East uh, problem, to be sure, uh, but it is a, an important first step, a critical first step. Uh, in fact, earlier today, uh, Jared Kushner, who is the son-in-law of President Donald Trump, uh, who deals uh, primarily with a lot of the issues of the Middle East, uh, he uh, had the opportunity to go on uh, ABC, spoke uh, on Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos and uh, talked about the uh, significance of this deal. Uh, this is the first uh, peace agreement that uh, happened in the Middle East in the last 26 years. This is between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Then just last week, President Trump announced the second peace agreement that he was able to broker in 29 days. So we have two peace agreements being signed today at the White House between Israel and, and Arab countries. Uh, this really signals the end, uh, we believe, of the Arab-Israeli conflict. There's still a lot more work to do, but for, you know, for, for 70 years in the region, you've had the Arab countries uh, not wanting to uh, interact with, with Israel in a substantive way. This has led to a lot of people using hatred to, to do uh, extremism, to, uh, which has led to terrorism all throughout. And America over the last 20 years has been very, very distracted with the Middle East. We've had, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of troops that have been through the Middle East. Uh, we've uh, obviously had a lot of terror that we've had threats coming to America. So bringing peace to that region allows us to focus more here domestically and create less risk to America and obviously bring our troops home, which is something that President Trump's been doing. 
Again, that's uh, Jared Kushner talking earlier this morning about the uh, historic signing, which is happening right now as we speak. Uh, currently, you have uh, Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu at the podium, uh, and he talked about the fact that uh, Israel knows the the cost of war. Uh, they're trying to figure out the price of peace and trying to move that forward, and hopefully today's uh, action will do that, although no one is pretending that this solves all of the issues of the Middle East, uh, just to be very, very clear. Uh, obviously, the Palestinians have a, a significant role to play in all of this. And uh, I was fascinated by Jared Kushner's comment when he was challenged that, hey, this may be this may be good uh, for Israel. This may be good for the UAE and Bahrain. Uh, but what does it really mean for the Palestinian people? And uh, Kushner's take on that was quite interesting. I think that there's a lot of posture, right? In deals, everyone's at no until they're at yes. And I think what you're seeing is tremendous movement. They were caught by surprise by this. But what you're seeing is that the Arab countries want to focus on their citizens and they want them to have better lives. And they're tired of waiting for the Palestinians uh, to not be practical and make a deal. President Trump is a deal maker. Uh, A lot of the same people who have been critical of him said that if he was elected president, he would create wars. But today at the White House, you're going to see that he's making peace and not just uh, historic peace. He's making two of them at one time. And so the Palestinians Palestinians have an offer on the table. Uh, at some point when they decide that they want to live better lives, uh, I believe that they'll engage. But, you know, we can't want peace for them and for their people more than they want it for themselves. So everyone has to come to the table on this for sure. Uh, and again, I don't think anyone is uh, thinking this is the beginning of the end of anything. But hopefully it's an important beginning of the beginning uh, of better days in the Middle East, more stability and less U.S. involvement required uh, to keep everything moving forward in a positive way there. Uh, so I think that is uh, fascinating. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, we've been dipping in and out a little bit. Uh, currently at the White House, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, is is challenging uh, people to uh, rise above the political divide. Uh, and I love this phrase, feel the pulse of history. Uh, I like that, uh, feeling the pulse of history, and especially as it relates to freedom and democracy. I think the most important parts of this historic peace accord uh, is that it can lead to greater democracy in the region. And uh, that's an important thing, especially on a day like today. And most people don't recognize uh, that today uh, is also an important day. It's uh, the United Nations International Day of Democracy, where the U.N. takes a day to really focus on what is the state of democracy in the world today. Are, are we expanding? Are we getting more freedom? Uh, or is it becoming constricted? Uh, so I wanted to share with you uh, the U.N. Secretary General, uh, Antonio Gutierrez, uh, gave his message on the 2020 International Day of Democracy. Again, it's significant that uh, the president is signing a peace accord with Israel, UAE, and Bahrain. Uh, and so for the Secretary General, uh, listen closely. He has some just really powerful things as it relates to how we must preserve and protect democracy around the world, even and especially in the middle of a pandemic. As the world confronts COVID-19, democracy is crucial in ensuring the free flow of information, participation, decision-making, and accountability for the response to the pandemic. Yet, since the beginning of the crisis, we have seen the emergency used in a range of countries to restrict democratic processes and civic space. This is especially dangerous in places where democracy's roots are shallow and institutional checks and balances are weak. Well before the pandemic, frustration was rising and trust in public authorities was declining. A lack of opportunities was driving economic unease and social unrest. Today, it is clear that governments must do more to listen to people demanding change, open new channels for dialogue 
and respect freedom of peaceful assembly. On this International Day of Democracy, let us seize the pivotal moment to build a more equal, inclusive and sustainable world with full respect for human rights. So again, that is uh, Antonio Gutierrez, UN Secretary General on the uh, International Day of Democracy. And uh, I want to go back to this sentence he said that is so, so vital. He said, since the beginning of the crisis, since the beginning of the pandemic, we have seen the emergency used in a range of countries to restrict democratic processes and civic space. Uh, to me, that is so critical that he's acknowledging that, yes, uh, churches have been shut down or restricted, that the free flow of, of media has been stopped in many countries, that uh, people haven't even been allowed outside of their apartment uh, with threat of gunpoint uh, in certain spaces. And so he's throwing this caution that, yes, we have a pandemic and these are extraordinary circumstances, but we cannot, we cannot abandon or allow others to use a crisis to undermine the foundation principles uh, of democracy. And then he said this, again, this is Antonio Gutierrez, UN Secretary General on International Day of Democracy. He said, this is especially dangerous in places where democracy's roots are shallow and institutional checks and balances are weak. So if, if you look across the, the world, there are places where the roots of democracy are shallow. And anyone who is trying to accumulate power can easily use a pandemic to restrict freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Uh, and we've seen how quickly that can happen. And if you have a, a country where there aren't strong institutional checks and balances, it's even easier for those with ill intent or just a passion for, for power uh, can use this to accumulate more of it and really threaten freedom and democracy around the world. So that's an important uh, lesson for all of us on this uh, International Day of Democracy, also a day where uh, President Trump is at the White House with Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain signing a historic peace accord uh, which is is great, but there is much, much more work to do. All of this, of course, is dependent on a lot of those first freedoms, including the freedom of the press. Uh, coming up next, you don't want to miss this. We're going to go back to my conversation, my interview with Bob Woodward, and talking about freedom of the press and the restraint required to keep trust in our very critical times. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.